is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, it's Bran. I love Hallmark movies. Hey, it's Panda, and I like Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. I'm Nikki, and I am the only female member of the Deck the Hallmark podcast. Whoa, I like this. This is the Deck the Hallmark podcast. Guys, are you okay? Oh, oh. Uh, Panda put nope. his foot Incorrect. on my headphone jack, and it took the headphones out. You do out, it every and week. I couldn't hear anything. What do you mean, Dan? I don't. It's what under do you mean, your Dan seat. Does. I don't. Under, I can't hear my feet. Yes, it is. I don't. You can't just lie. This is like when you said you don't leave trash. I don't. Oh, leave, I'm not a trash boy. Hi, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. Hi, guys. Sorry. Oh, how I've missed you. We're, oh. we're fine. We're friends. Yeah. Trust us. We are. <laughs> All best. The best we, of friends. We've argue. all been quarantined in this office. Yes, we, have, we can't see our families. Yeah. We just have to stay here until all the Hallmark movies have been watched. <laughs> By the way, that's your movie. Yes. Oh, your Hallmark, that's your Hallmark yes. movie right there. The three of you locked in quarantine together. It's like a bottle episode. I love it. That's a movie. That, hey, yeah. they used to do, like, Hallmark before the last decade used to do, like, Crazy. We watched a thing called Pandemic starring uh, oh, yeah. Danica McKellar. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. Kelly, uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah, Tiffany. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Uh, Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell. And okay. uh, she's like this doctor and like people are dying and there's people getting stabbed. Like, would you be down for something like that on Hallmark if they asked you? 100%. <laughs> I mean, I... Like- I I actually think, you know, I love the format. I think uh, these movies make people really happy. But I also think that the audience is hungry for 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 movies like that, right? For for movies that are dramatic and maybe tell uh go deeper into story into character and um listen anytime that i can play a doctor and do and 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 like deal with that i I, like i'm all in my dream was to be a doctor in real life but now i i just get to play one on tv (laughs) (laughs) i hate it for you really really not the same same. i think it's high time for you to get your own uh mystery series oh why don't you have one we're working on it. We are. We're actively for with me at Breaking News. Oh, it's, um, <laughs> me, uh, myself, and Andrew Walker are attached. To oh do it. boy, what a scoop yeah. that is! Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I I'm having a hard time even uh, not fainting at that news. I yeah, can't. that is that <laughs> is, is awesome. It's just everything I could want. That's perfect. <laughs> It's super fun. It'll be, it's a little bit different, meaning like, yes, it'll be procedural in the sense that every single movie will have, um, you know, a case that, that we're following, but it also is going to be more story related and character related. So it's going to be the mixture of, you know, an actual series and a mystery wheel. Now, um, Nikki, yeah. don't, don't tease me like this because I have a huge problem with the mystery movies because the whole movie is just, they don't do any character development. It's just exposition. It's just like, uh, I'm here and I'm a writer from Florida. That's why I could have done it. And then they go to the totally. next person. So the only reason that I'm not telling you I don't believe you is because you have proven that you have put actual substance in some of these Hallmark movies. You've done it before. So don't don't tease me, though, Nikki. It better happen, okay? Well, I'm a producer on it. Nice. So at least I get to have a voice in the situation. And, um, 
you know, Joel Rice, which is one of the producers that does so much, a lot of the mystery wheels for Hallmark. He was the one that approached me about it. And it's based on a book series. And, um, and I was only interested in doing it if I could do it in this way. Uh, to be perfectly honest, um, I think that the audience um, is ready for a show that's a little bit different and more character driven and story driven. Um, and also, to be perfectly honest, I don't find anything interesting to watch that is only plot driven. Mm. Um, it's just not my thing. Uh, so I, I, I want to do I want to put out movies that I would also find interesting to watch. Um, so I, I think we're I think we're going to be able to do it. We got we have a really, really smart writer attached to it. Um, and Hallmark is not interested in doing the same. They want something different on this one, too, because they already have, you know, mystery wheels that um, are filling that, you know, filling up that space. Mm -hmm. So they want to bring something different into the mix. Well, so I hope we don't disappoint you, but I'm sure you're going to let me know. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I, well, I hope you don't. Dis we don't disappoint you, but I'm sure we will. Is what she <laughs> <said>. <laughs> well, the good news is, is there's literally no one in charge of Hallmark right now. So really just do whatever you want. <laughs> do whatever you want. Make whatever movie. Make a movie where you're a doctor That's Nikki. Right. go for it yeah make a musical that's fine make so when are when should we expect this like when's it coming you think so we we essentially right now are developing developing it over uh with Lori, who is who's one of their smartest best executives um she's so wonderful and um i wanted to work with Lori for forever and the plan is to get the script done this year and to start shooting next year which i think is a really not just safe plan, but I think that, you know, with everything going on in our country right now, a, when, when everything opens back up, we really have to focus on Christmas and getting some Christmas movies right. made so we can bring some joy to people's homes. Um, I'm and sure keep us in business the yeah. Same one yeah. Yeah. over and over again. And then, um, you know, so all the other stuff that I've developed is really, it's being pushed to next year. We were, I was supposed to do a fall one that was ready to go, but all of that is being moved to next year. Sorry, Panda. the fall. The fall's not looking bright for us, guys. Hey, can you promise me this, Nikki? Mm. In the first mystery yeah. movie, uh, in the last, because they always figure out who did it at the end. Can you say? Can your character say, "I know who did it" eleven times in a row? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who did it. I know 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 who did it. Or just get, or just get like a bunch of characters to stand in a That's circle, right. and all of us. So Jerry's the killer. Individually, give yeah. our own reading of. That's right. I know who did it. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. By the way, I will get that filmed one way or the other and send it to you yes. just for your enjoyment. Oh my gosh, that would I could quit the podcast at That's that right. point. Yeah. That would be unreal. Um, I. Obviously, now we're talking about something that hasn't been created yet. So, who you know, go as in detail as you want to. But how did uh, how did Andrew get attached to this potential project? I know you've. Done I told him he has to do it. That's it. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see how Andrew Walker deals with 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 death because he's so like yeah. he's the golden retriever. And so, like, how do you yeah. deal? He's just going to be like. Someone died. Oh, no. Oh, guys, no. guys. Yeah. Come on, guys. Be, guys, are we sure? Yeah. Guys. Are we sure? Oh, can we bring him back to life? Are yeah. we sure there's nothing we can do? I, um, <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is that I, I knew Andrew was looking for something to dig his teeth in more and to be able to, like, show his versatility as an actor because he's a really good actor. He, You know, it's just with this certain genre, you know, you can't go – 
too deep into your emotion because in romantic comedies, if you go too deep in the hole, it's you the turnaround. And like, for example, you guys have seen enough of these to understand the formula. When you get to that all is lost moment, if you if you sink too deep in that all is lost moment with the tears and the sorrow and the despair, you know, in two pages, not even sometimes, sometimes it's one page later you're running back and you're like, I'm sorry, I love you. So if you sink too deep in it, you can't rebound out Mm -hmm. of it. So there's like, you know, you have to play to the tone. And I know that Andrew has been looking for something where he can really just like do more and, and, and just experience that as an actor. So I just, uh, I, I basically reached out to him and I said, I have this project. Um, it's going to give you the opportunity. I don't want to be the one carrying this. I want to do, I like teamwork. I like collaboration. I said, this is really a two hander and, um, much like, uh, the perfect catch, which we're going to talk about really was more of a two hander, which I loved. They gave his character an actual arc and, right. and, uh, to help drive the story. And I love that. I think a lot of the times with the men, they kind of get these like very ancillary characters, which is like only to service the lead. Mm-hmm. And, um, Hey, that's not really fun for them to play, but also it's like, is if you can give every single character in your story, some semblance of an arc, you should. Um, so yeah, he was really excited to do it. And obviously the two of us have been trying to find something to do together for a really long time since, since a perfect catch. Uh, and I thought this would be the perfect thing for both of us to do. I love it. So we, yeah. By and large on this show, we make it a rule not to ask or talk about other stars while we're talking to a star of the of I the home. I know you don't care. And that's why I'm okay, <laughs> okay shifting from Andrew Walker to Michael Rady very briefly. We had mm. Mike we had Michael Rady on the show. And you just need to go listen if you haven't. He it was almost like he had booked his entire day off just for us. He had nowhere to yeah. go. He gave us such a hard time mm-hmm. about having to wrap up the interview because we had another podcast. He was just the most delightful human being, and we just we we were overwhelmed. Yeah. It was unreal. And I like you told me that he was like your creative's like soulmate. Uh, it, yes, it, yeah. And uh, I kind of want to see a, a mystery where Michael. I feel like he should have a pipe, like a corn cob pipe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just I know. Like, he would be a he would be a great mystery guy. But like he, we, I just want to so say good. like you were one hundred percent right about Michael Rady. Yeah. He was just unreal good. And you're responsible you for guys. that interview, Nikki. You're responsible Aww. for that because you you uh, you hooked us up with with his. Uh, oh, thank you so much. I didn't so know. So it's that. all because of you. I oh, well, th- please. I like honestly. Thanks for saying that. But I, a I would I like anyone that I know or anytime I can help you guys out with an interview. Of course, I'm going to do it. I love you guys, and also. Um, I just think people need to hear from Michael Rady as much as possible because he's just (laughs) the most wonderful. He's just such a wonderful inside and out. He meets every moment with curiosity and play and kindness and and love. And he's the greatest husband and father and on a set, just the best teammate that you can possibly have in the world. And I just want more people to to, to know him. So so thank you guys so much for having him on. I, I'm so happy you had so much fun with him. Oh, man, it was great. So it was great. great. Um, so you've uh, you've been in quarantine like the rest of the, the country, the world, really, for, for a while. Um, March 13th. March 13th. Mm. Not that you're uh, counting, of course. <laughs> not that I'm counting the dates or anything, March 13th. Friday, yeah. March 13th. Um, oh. you're, uh, you're, you're a creative person, and obviously yeah. you're still doing uh, work, trying to create 
uh, stuff, ideas to kind of move move forward in the future. How is that? Has that been a, a struggle for you to uh, like just to stay stay busy, keep your mind active and creative to try to figure out things? Because that seems to be something that you really enjoy. Has it been a struggle for you mm-hmm. having to just be home and and you can only be creative with like here's some ideas I have and not be able to execute those or has it been uh, a good uh, a good practice for you I well a you know gosh I've actually in some ways been busier than I ever had because it's you know all of my development projects because I've you know I do that for Hallmark but I also have like five other projects that that are non Hallmark related that um, my writing partner and I've been working on and developing. So all everything kind of just kind of moved forward and yeah. took off. So um, and three out of those seven projects, my writing partner and I are actually writing. Um, so we. I've written more than I've, I have in the, you know, because usually we would write, write, write. And then I'd have to go off to set and film and then come back. And then we write, 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 write. Um, but it's been great for that because there's, you know, we've been consistently writing every single day. We've been able to get our outlines in and our second drafts of things done and all of that. Um, but yes, I think that I am just now in month, going into month four of this, um, starting to feel the itch of wanting to get it on its feet. You know, um, I, I'm just now in this last week starting to feel that itch. I used to be a person who only thought that like my purpose was acting. And this was like when I was in my twenties and really young. And, and the truth of the matter is, is like writing creatively fulfills me in the same way that acting does. It's actually harder in a lot of ways. It's much harder, um, because you're creating worlds, you know, as an actor, you're stepping in, you have to understand the world. You have to do a lot of work on your character and your relationship to all the other characters, but you're not creating the world. And, um, you know, I just have such respect for writers. I'd want to be, I wanted to be a writer for a really long time. I was a writer for websites like she knows. And I wrote like for women and on behalf of women, but to move into screenwriting and, and having that be now 50% of the work that I do, um, it's a real honor. And it's, I just love it. Even the tough days when we're fit where we're stuck and we're like, how do we address this note or how do we break this story? I I love being in the trenches with that. Um, Yeah, it's super fun. It's just another way to exercise creativity in my brain. And, um, but yeah, I'm ready to get on set. Do you, do you, uh, did you have to like, uh, schedule it every day to kind of make sure that you're getting it done? Like I'm going to write from this time to this time. Oh yeah. So we do, uh, we schedule all of our times weeks in advance. My writing partner and I, we have four kids between the two of us. She has two. I have two. Um, we're also teachers. We're also, you know, like we both teach at the same acting studio and at UCLA. Um, we, we both have a lot of stuff going on in our lives. So the, the only way that we are able to get stuff done is to schedule it into like, for example, I'll get off with you guys. I have two writing sessions today and I'll work on one for a couple of hours and then I'll go and work on, uh, we optioned a book and we're trying to take that pitch out and then we'll work on that for a few hours and then, you know, close up shop for the day and then I'll clean and wash toilets and (laughs) cook spaghetti, which is what I'm cooking tonight. And then make sure that the kids get showers and get to bed and do all of that stuff. 
Um, so you're just really lazy is what you're saying. You've just been sitting around the house doing nothing. Super lazy, eating some Cheetos, uh, you know, watching, watching movies, watching Netflix. Is there any, I mean, it's quarantine though, Nikki, three months. There has to be some downtime. Like what's the go-to like family, like, are you guys watching, like, is there a show you're watching on Netflix or something right now? Or are you just, you know, oh my gosh. So I don't know about you guys, but one of my favorite television shows that's ever existed in the history of TV is Friday Night Lights. Hold it's on. so good. My Roomba, my naughty Roomba just turned on. I thought you were doing all of that work, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. Um, she's really not smart, actually. She gets stuck under my bed every single day. So Talk about um, Friday Night Lights more because I'm in. So... I don't know. Have you guys watched Friday Night Lights? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm a huge this, fan. We, this is true. Dan and I, we went to Austin, Texas for this festival. ATX Festival. ATX Festival. Yeah. And we, they uh, brought the cast back. Yeah. Brought the cast back. And we were on the football Panther, field. Panther field. We were on the field. Crucifictorious played some songs with Jesse Plemons. The whole thing. We got to meet everybody. It was crazy. That is so cool. I am so jealous. Honestly, Kyle Chandler oh and gosh. Connie Britton are my favorite relationship oh. ever on television. Both of them are so sexy and and just so I just I'm obsessed with them. But that show itself, because being from the South and being from that town, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in that town. Yep. I've never seen anyone nail the tone, the feeling, the all of it, the way that Friday Night Lights did in the store, all of it yeah. was just so good. So my husband, I fi- after years of of talking about this show, he finally started it. So we are on, and of course I'm rewatching it with him Duh. because like I'm obsessed and I've seen the season. This is probably my fourth time. Um, but we're on season two right now, and it has been so fun. He's addicted. He, like, the second the kids get to bed, he can't <laughs> get on the couch fast enough to turn it on. So we're doing Friday Night Lights right now. Um, what are you guys watching? So I do want to talk a little bit more about Friday Night Lights before we go further because I, I have yeah. to. I can't help myself. Coach, I was a so basketball good. coach for 15 years. Coach Taylor. You were? Yes. You didn't know that? I was. I did not know that. Uh, I played basketball. Yeah, I coached against Zion Williamson. You may know who he is. Uh, I do. In high school, his team was in, and my team were in the same region. And so I coached awesome. against him all four years uh, that he was there. Uh, I was done with it. I was on ESPN in the background getting dunked. Like it, my team was getting dunked on and just getting mad a bunch. Um, but Coach Taylor uh, by Kyle Chandler is one of the few times that coaches are portrayed correctly, I think, in TV and, and film history. Totally agree. He, he crushes. But I always tell people who've never seen Friday Night Lights that they can skip season two. Uh, I, I it frustrates me the storyline of them hiding this dead body and, and the and, wheels fell off the bus. It's oh the my only gosh. time in the history of the series. By the way, right before that scene happened, I looked at my husband and I said, "This is the only time in the entirety." of this show where the wheels come off the bus and they course correct pretty They fast. do. They do. But I wanted to ask you, like as a character actor, like you see that on a script and you're like, wait a minute. Like I'm supposed to do like, how hard is it to really like, I know that you will go, Hey, I'm not doing that. Like in a Hallmark movie, but when you don't have that much clout, like you're producing yeah. these Hallmark movies and you get a lot of say and going, Hey, no, 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 that's not the take we're using. That's awesome. But if you're just one of the, the guys on, on this show and they're telling you, Hey, this is your paycheck. You gotta, you gotta get you really, gotta do it. you know, angsty about this dead body. Like, what uh-huh. do you like? How hard is that to really muster up the acting chops to do? 
Well, I think you, you once you know that you have no other choice, like this is the path that they are they've decided to take in the writer's room and, you know, for the producers and network. I think then your job as the actor is to commit 100 percent. Like if you're going to if you have any hopes to try and make it work. You have to commit 100 percent. I think that, you know, I call him Landry. It's hard. Like, but (laughs) but he 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 is so good. He is just such a good actor. So you follow him. And even though the wheels came off the bus, like script wise, you still follow them and feel for them in these moments because they're doing a great job as actors. You just honestly have to commit a hundred percent, even when you don't uh, agree with it. It's like, if you have any chance to make it work at all, that's the only choice. Yeah. 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 No, I, yeah. It's just one of those things where the, I've never seen a show that good with a season that has such a weird, totally like, agree. just detour in it. Yeah. And I wanted to know. Totally agree. She's obsessed one, um, one of the things that I watched during uh, quarantine, I, unexpectedly I stumbled upon it and then I stumbled upon you in it, which I didn't expect. And so I'm, I'm oh, good. so I'm on, no, I'm on, I'm on. I'm, <laughs> so I had, I had a baby uh, in March. And so there was a lot of like, know, middle, there was a lot. Thank you. Thank you. There was a lot of like just up in the middle of the night, just watching stuff to try to stay awake. Um, and one of the things I stumbled upon on YouTube was this documentary about, about boy bands and, um, oh, yeah. And then, and I was like, oh my gosh, Nikki's like, that's, that's Nikki. And it was just a crazy story about the guy. I don't remember what his name is, but the, Lou Perlman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lou, yeah. And so, yeah. just the craziest story. And then you were in it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's Nikki. And I had no idea that that was part of your story was that was, was this guy. Yeah. And being from Florida, it was one of those things where I was aware of it growing up. Um, but it, but, just to kind of see everything that happened with him and, and those boy bands. And then, and then your yeah. group was crazy. Yeah. You it were in a crazy. singing group. Brandon told me this. Correct? I was, I was. Yeah. Um, and the, the documentary for anyone who wants to see it is called boy band con. And my, my dear friend, Lance Bass, who was in NSYNC, he produced it. He, I usually don't speak to all of that. I've been asked to speak, to do, you know, so many interviews about, um, Lou Pearlman. And it was just such a dark, difficult time in my life. And also a lot of fear because, um, and it's still a lot of the people who very much threatened my life back then are still alive. So that's why it was really hard. Yeah. For me to talk about. Um, but you know, because it was Lance, I really trusted him and I trusted the integrity of what he was going to do. And I thought it turned out I thought they did a beautiful job with it. Um, and it's a cautionary tale really. Um, because, uh, you know, here I was, I had added a lot of experience in the business and I had that. And I talk about this in the, the, in the uh, documentary, I knew in my gut, I knew in my gut that something was off and I still said, yes, you know, because sometimes in that, and granted I was a kid, I was 18 years old, 17 years old, actually, when I first started it. But, um, and, 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 and you have this dream and it's so big and it's this thing you wanted to do and you've worked towards your whole entire life. And it's really hard, especially as a child to walk away from something, even though deep down, you know, it is not right, Mm. um, to walk away from something that, is so big. And I think if anything, I hope the documentary serves as a cautionary tale because I've, I've never again in my life, not listened to my gut 
when something told me something was off, I listened no matter how bad I wanted it. You know, you know, I, 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 think um, it's, I mean, yeah. it's clear that that has painted your career. I mean, I like it we has. talk to a lot of actors on here who are like, yeah, it's so cool to work for Hallmark. Everybody's nice. I just get to show up and play something. You are, you love Hallmark and love the brand, but you also want to make sure you have some control over your own destiny. Like it's important yeah, and not that, work with crummy people. That's right. Like you want to, you want to choose who you work with. You want to have some say over the script and how things are like, and that's because you've been burned in the past. And I think that so is, bad, yeah. that is fascinating. I didn't. And before Brian told me, I didn't, I didn't watch the documentary. I had not known all that. I knew you were on Mickey Mouse club, but aside from that, I didn't know anything else. And so that's fascinating yeah. how you live and you learn. And so you don't make that mistake again. And it probably props you on to further success in the future. And at least a career that you can stand upon with some integrity. Thank you for saying that. I, I, I do feel like the lesson was hard learned for sure. I mean, that was, it was such a, like such a gnarly experience to go through. And I don't wish that upon any young artist or anyone ever. Um, you know, but I did learn the lesson and so did my husband. I mean, my husband was in a music group too, that was signed to Lou Pearlman. And he was like, forget this music stuff. I'm going to be a lawyer. Mm. Like, (laughs) you know, so he decided to be an entertainment attorney, um, because he, he never wanted what happened to him to ever happen to anybody else again. So he protects, you know, I always talk about him as an entertainment attorney and his clients say, Ryan Goodell is, the best entertainment attorney in the business. And I think the reason why is because he does it not from a place of wanting to make all the money and get all the clients and, you know, be like, yeah, I rep that person. He's doing it from this very, very um, deep place of integrity where he really and truly wants to protect the people that he represents because he knows that bad things can happen and, and they happen to him. And he's like, I don't ever want to see that happen to anybody else. And so it did, it changed, it, it changed both of us in the trajectory of our lives. And I also think, you know, we are raised, especially in the entertainment business, to believe that we have no power and no control as artists, mm-hmm. you know, that the agents have the control and the mm-hmm. power and the networks and all of these people. And it's just simply not true. You know, there is no business without the artist. And and I think that that taught me in a very young age um, not to believe in that BS mm-hmm. actually. Do you try to, um, do you try to instill that lesson into your students at UCLA and others 100%. who are planning like, and tell them, Hey, you have power. It might feel that way. So you tell them that. I do tell them that. And I say to them, like, you know, yes, you can walk into a room and audition for something. Mm. And nine times out of 10, they're going to say no. That's just the the game. It's a numbers game. You know, you can be the best, but like you may not look a certain way. You may not feel a certain way. It's not personal, Um, but you're going to get no's nine out of 10 times. It's just the way it is. However, there are other things that you could do as an artist that allow you to be able to um, stay empowered. You can write. You can produce, you can create, create your own material. You can create your own YouTube channel. You can do it on Instagram and do it on lives and do it on Facebook and turn that into something that it, that you can monetize eventually. Like we now live in a day and age where, um, we actually can take control Mm -hmm. of our creative selves and not sell ourselves, you know, to the next person 
And I think that also comes from a lot of us. The artists are not nurtured in our industry. There's not a lot of that happening. Um, and also a deep lack of self-worth that exists, you know. Um, I, I think that I see it all the time in 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 a lot of artists where they they don't they don't have a lot of self-worth or their self-worth is dependent upon getting that job or how many Instagram followers they have or all of those things. And that's all just like, it's all false. Mm -hmm. There's nothing, there's nothing true about obtaining your self-worth outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. Only you can give yourself that. And I spend a lot of time with my students teaching them that because I don't want them to have to go through the things that I went through. I don't want them to have to go through what that, that, that despair of not, you know, not believing in oneself and not knowing that like you, like that stuff comes from within, you know, to that point, I want to go back to writing really quickly because I I imagine, you know, filming a, a pilot, for example, and having it not get picked up, is it is challenging to get past, but so I imagine hard. it's even yeah. uh, maybe elevated when you spend time writing something um, yeah. like you have this idea. It's such a good idea. I'm going to spend time. I'm going to write. I'm going to develop it. I'm going to I'm going to pitch it. I'm going to try to sell it. And, and it doesn't get picked up. How do you deal with that as a creator to to be OK with, hey, I'm going to write this. I think it's really good. And nothing might happen with it. Is that really hard to get to the point to where you're OK with that? Yeah, it is really hard, but that's why I always stress process and not outcome. Um, You know, I I think with anything that we do, it is about the process. And if you can focus on the process and what you're learning inside of it, and if it's bringing you joy and, and, and growing you, you can never, you can never be in control of the outcome of anything, you know, whether it's getting the job or getting the pilot picked up or having someone look at your pitch or, you know, pick up your show or whatever it is, you can't control what somebody else, how their reaction is going to be to what you do. So you better be in relationship with your process. Um, and that's like, that's even true with your relationships. You know, um, I've been in relationship with my husband for 20 years. I don't know what's going to happen next week or next month or a year from now. Like my prayer and my hope is that we spend the rest of our lives together. But what I do know to be true is like spending any time thinking about that is a moot point. And instead, what I'm going to concentrate on is the process of being in relationship with my husband, Mm -hmm. the process of bringing this story to life. Um, That's where I feel like true artistry lies, because sometimes like I make these movies and I don't even, you know, I, I, I forget to watch them because I did it. The process is done. I had so much joy doing that that I forget that to watch the product (laughs) (laughs) because I've retrained my brain so much to just really enjoy that part of it and to not be um, focused on the expectation or how many people are going to love it or what the ratings are going to be. I know that I loved that movie. And that's why I tell artists, even musicians all the time, make music that you love because You don't know, like if you're making music that you think, well, I'm going to make this song because I think that's what's hot now, or that's what I think everybody's going to love now. You don't know that. Hmm. Make something that you love. So whether or not people like it, you can lay your head on the pillow at night and go, you know what? I stand behind my song. 
I stand behind my script. I stand behind my work. And you can go to sleep with that feeling. You know, we have a project, my writing partner and I, that we've been on for three years. It's a true story of this woman named Bambi Bennett. We have her life rights and she was falsely accused and convicted of the murder of her parents when she was 33 years old. And her life story is it's remarkable. And we spent the whole first year just collecting data. We talked to lawyers. We have probably 60 hours of recorded phone conversations um, between lawyers and private investigators and Bambi and all the different characters and people involved in her life. We spent a year just doing that. And we're now on, you know, our director has given us notes. We have a director attached who has given us notes for the third draft. We're now finishing that up today, actually. And maybe nobody will buy it. Maybe nobody will buy it. And we just spent three years of our lives on this thing. Um, But I got to tell you, the writer that I became along the way, I would there's no amount of money um, that I would, that, that would be able to take that away from me. Mm. Um, because I, I became the writer that I am today working on this project. And that's the thing that I want to choose to focus on. Of course, it would be heartbreaking for it not to get picked up, but you know, yeah. But to that point, like to to your point of taking control, like even if nobody buys it, there's so many other things that you can then as somebody who holds the rights to that story to, to do, whether it's create a, uh, create a podcast out of it or do something with it. Like you can still take that story. And I think that's the beauty of kind of where we live today is artists are like, we have more, uh, avenues to kind of do our own thing. Um, which obviously, you know, there's still, there's still, uh, money like money matters and so that's a tricky thing when you start doing stuff on your own like you know and yeah. what am I going to do about the money but like as somebody who just wants to tell the story like there's so many different ways to do it and so just kind of trusting that that mm. people and if anybody hears it if anybody sees it it's worth it so uh, it is it's, it's good, so true it's a good time uh, we're going to hear from one of our amazing sponsors um, and then we'll be right back to talk about Perfect Cat Nobody likes to talk about death, and I I understand that completely. However, we love to talk about being prepared. And here's the thing, is if you want to be prepared for your death when it comes to taking care of your loved ones, you need to have a will, maybe a trust. You need to have a power of attorney. These are things you need to do that you probably have been putting off for a long, long time. Well, here's the deal. Our friends at Trust and Will are going to help you do that, get it over with, get it done, so you're taken care of. It takes 15 minutes on their website to to finish this online quiz and starting at $69, Trust and Will will set you up with the best options for you to make sure that your family is taken care of. All of their documents come with a power of attorney and important health documents. They're all shipped in beautiful folders. You can print them out from home if you'd like. This is the time to get this done. Take care of those around you by taking care of yourself and your things when you die. I went to a lawyer to do mine. It cost over $1,000. You can do it right now for under half that at Trust and Will easily, and it starts at $69. All you got to do is go to trustandwill.com slash deck the hallmark. That's trustandwill.com slash deck the hallmark, and you'll automatically receive 10% off of your purchase of a trust or will-based estate plan. Trustandwill.com slash deck the hallmark for 10% off. Do it today. A few years ago, I was browsing the internet because I wanted to buy a coffee machine that specialized in cold brew because I really like cold brew coffee. Ooh. And uh, Google led me to a site called The Grommet. And I bought this cold brew set from The Grommet, 
and I still have it. I still use it. I still love it because the grommet is the place to go to buy really unique things, um, maybe a Father's Day gift um, that you can't find anywhere else on the internet, and it's quality stuff. Um, I love the cold brew maker that I bought. It's super easy, and if you have a father in your life who is maybe a cold brew fan, I would highly recommend it, but I would also just highly recommend going and scrolling on the website. There's a lot of just really fun stuff that you go, I don't know if I need it, but boy, do I want it. Isn't that what you want from a website? So go to thegrommet.com, start searching for your Father's Day gift today. Your father will not be upset about whatever it is you buy from the Gromit because everything is that good. So go to thegrommet.com slash Hallmark to get 15% off your entire purchase. That is the Gromit, G-R-O-M-M-E-T dot com slash Hallmark, 15% off your entire purchase. Buy your papa something awesome today. Um, you want to talk about Perfect Catch? Yeah, let's talk about Perfect Catch. Let's talk about a movie okay. from three years ago, shall we? Yeah, really four <laughs> years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I will say that I get more comments about people loving this movie, I think, than any of the movies I've done. Wow. Wow. Really? Really? Huh. I think so. I think it's the me and Andrew Walker of it all. People yeah. just like, like at Christmas Con, there was what, like 4,000 people there? And I think 3,999 of them told me, they want to see a, me to doing another project with Andrew Walker, and they told him the same thing. So maybe it's that. It's or a maybe real it's power couple. That, we, mm-hmm. that power we did a double, you know, we, we both had equally, you know, it was a real two-hander, this movie. Maybe they like that aspect of it, or that it's about baseball, or I don't know. But, like, yeah. I get more compliments on this movie than any of them. Baseball adjacent, Nikki. Can you say baseball adjacent? <laughs> I, I'm a- we can totally say baseball adjacent, because I'm <laughs> big baseball fan yes i will say the first thing i will say about this movie (laughs) there was supposed to be so much more baseball in it really right we get to vancouver and it either rains snows hails every single day for the entire production except for one day and we were off that day it was a saturday oh my gosh but it either rained or snowed or hit like golf ball size oh hill every day. And some days you got both. Some days you would get the snow and the hail. Like it was so crazy. So we would literally be waiting under tents and then, and then the sky would clear for about five minutes. We would run out onto the baseball field, get one like or two takes in and then have to run back for cover. I don't, I don't even know how we made the movie. Wow. What month did you film it? I think it was released in April. It was March. Movie. It was March. It was March. Yeah. It was, uh, it was March of 2017. 2017 yeah. Um, yeah, I was wow. pregnant in that movie with wow. my second kid. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There's fun stories there to be had because I was in a real special place. Um, <laughs> you know, physically, emotionally, um, yeah, but I, yeah, I was pregnant with Bennett. I think I was like, um, I was still in my first trimester. Yeah. I was still early. Yeah. Right. That's when it's fun. First trimester. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Vomiting all day long. I couldn't hold anything really? down. Oh, my goodness. oh, all day long. Everybody, there was a rumor on set not to get too TMI, 
But there was a rumor on set that I found out about that they thought that I had irritable bowel syndrome because I was constantly <laughs> running to the bathroom. That's great. And I know. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no. I just like I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I spread the rumor about IBS. Yeah. I'm having a child. <laughs> well, and I know also like my wife with the first trimester, she was just so tired in that first trimester. So like, tired. And you're having to go out there and brave the elements perform oh god bless goodness you. god bless yeah. you. The, but uh, baseball back to baseball if we back could to baseball uh i feel like you may really enjoy baseball but everyone that has to perform baseball activities in this movie doesn't at all uh i like uh, andrew has played his share of hockey but none of that involves throwing something overhand clearly <laughs> the kid is adorable in this movie but like Whoever dre- sure. whoever dressed him for baseball dressed him to try out for newsies. Like he's got he's got four he's got the- giant hat up here and four different shirts on, and he's like waving. Is he trying to aerodynamically create some drag? Like what is what is happening, Nikki? Where he can't just wear a shirt and shorts to practice baseball? It I'm was guess- snowy. It was so cold. It was so cold. That's why he was in three and layers we, all the time. Yeah, and we kept thinking, well, what if we, if we just layer things then but we have t-shirts on underneath maybe you know because hallmark kept giving us notes they would see the dailies and they'll be like why is everybody why are their lips shivering um why is there why is the ground wet and we're like because it's the middle of like a cyclone season out here like what do you want us to do why is that kid in a snowsuit trying to play I was like, you guys should be lucky that we're even getting right. any footage at all. Right. This is bananas. Yeah. Um, and Stephen Monroe, who directed that, God bless him. I This was the first project we worked on out of five that we would end up working on together. And I just kept hiring him because... I cannot believe what he was up against. And he just kept his cool and he That's made awesome. his days. And I was like, if you can keep your cool and make your days under these circumstances, like I want to work with you forever. God bless him. I, but yeah, I know we all had like, they, they kept saying, Nikki, you're looking like it's winter. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't like it's it's so cold. I don't, what do you want me to do? Like my lips are shivering. So we just kept putting on layers. Is that why the Spring Fest was inside in yeah. a gym? The old, yes, yeah. it was supposed to be outside. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm so glad we had this talk, Nikki, because we were like, nothing says Spring Fest with all the colors and flowers in bloom, like the Get inside of a windowless gymnasium. Oh, yeah. So we had that space. And we had it for days and we were waiting for essentially the rain to stop so we could like, you know, do the spring fest and the rain just didn't stop. And so we had to finally just move it indoors. Uh I mean, I like we could have if we would have had the money and the budget, we could have essentially tried to like tent the whole entire area Mm. and then shoot under it. But like, A, we didn't have that budget and B, we still would have heard the rain like pounding on the top of the light tents and we would have had to like ADR over, like it would have looked good, but we would have had to ADR every little Mm. thing. Did you have to do a lot Um, of ADR with the outdoor scenes? Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That movie was real heavy on the ADR because you just heard rain throughout the whole thing. Mm. Wow! So oh, that that yeah. sc- the scene with the gazebo that Alonzo brought up that it was, was probably really raining pro- outside. Really rain, yeah. pouring. Yeah, yeah. So he my, oh. I, my hair. You can actually tell it's frizzy because I naturally have curly hair. It's frizzy. It's wet. 
So we had, we got to location and we weren't even supposed to shoot there when we found out. So we had like one minute to get it. But oh my anyway. gosh. No, we had Alonzo Duraldi, who's a film critic for the rap. Oh yeah. He was on to join us for the episode and he said he wanted to give credit to Hallmark because the scene in the gazebo looked like it was really raining outside. Like it looked really good. And that's because it really was raining. <laughs> outside. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. And this is a weird question, Nikki, but it bothered me and I rewound it for brand and he saw it. Andrew Walker's character is driving into town in a Mercedes and gets totally. pulled, pulled over speeding. And then yep. he goes to the diner to see you. And when he shows up at the diner, his hair is darker, shorter, and in a different style. Um, I, like Nikki, I don't know how to like, I, it, it was ble- like, he's got the classic, just uh, like blonde Brown, Andrew Walker cut. And then he gets to the diner. It's a different style. And his hair's really dark. Like what's going on there? Like, do you know anything <laughs> about that? I don't. I don't know. Like, that disappoints me so much. I was the hoping hair you were like, situation. The hair situation on so many of these movies. Like I can't. I. It's like I. I just the continuity of the hair. We're gonna um, no no no. But the, Nikki, I understand that. The reason I would never point this out otherwise. Like I get homework it's movies so are, blatant. But it is. I'll send you a screenshot. We'll text you a Please. screenshot of the scene where he gets pulled over and the scene where he goes in the diner, it is like almost two different it, it people. Really what it, what it looks like, Nikki, is it looks like they had to either shoot those shots uh, well ahead of time or they had to come back and shoot him afterwards and he had already like changed his hair for another movie Because the rest movie of the movie, he looks like he does when he sees you in the diner. He looks, but like for those scenes where he's driving into town and when he's getting, like before he comes to town, he's on TV getting interviewed about his his blown, you know, the game where he, bl- he throws the pitch. Yeah. He does all that and it looks like his hair looks like it's a different guy almost. It is wild. Yeah. That is really crazy. Um, I'm wondering... I'm wondering if we didn't shoot that stuff in the beginning and then maybe they like shifted his hair color. I can't remember guys. I was pregnant and vomiting. Like yeah, that's his fair. Ha- I thought there was hair- some big, maybe some big story. I mean, we're, it. we're lucky I, you even remember it was Andrew Walker. That's like, right. <laughs> I mean, I, really and truly, I don't, I, I don't know who I was kissing in that movie. Yeah. Um, he was cute, but like, I don't Could remember anybody. It could have been Lisa Drew. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I really, I really, truly have to go back and watch that because that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll send you some screenshots. Yeah. Don't worry. What um is it? Is it better or worse though than the eleven? No, the eleven's way worse. The eleven's way okay, worse. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just just wanted to see where we are on a scale of one to eleven. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I didn't even recognize the hair thing. That's crazy to me. I did. I missed it. I was like, what is going on with this guy? He's um. Just- the, the kid in this movie is really funny. Um, just a cute, mm-hmm. cute little kid. I, I recognized him. I couldn't think about where he was from. And then I looked it up and he was from Good Boys, which is just a, a riot, very inappropriate movie, but he's great <laughs> in it. Um, yeah. What's it like uh, shooting with kids? Like, is, is it sometimes, does it sometimes, uh, is it hard or is it always fun? It depends on the kid. Sure. It totally, and, and like, you know, I think adults like hold our breaths yeah. Whether it's like an animal or a kid, you're like holding your breath to see like what what the scenario is going to be because like love to the rescue. My, I'm sure Michael told you like, you know, the, the dog trainers were like, oh, my gosh, this dog is the most trained. He can do all the things. And then he got on set and like Tough we had times. to actually like write the dog out of like half the scenes in the movie because oh. 
the dog wouldn't even like sit. He didn't even know how to sit. Wow. Um, no, I'm not joking. So like we were like, oh, um, okay. Uh, but like, you was know, the trainer a lie? Was he a liar or it was just a bad day for the dog? I, I, I go, I don't know what happened, but just the dog wasn't, you know, the, the dog wasn't trained the way the trainer was saying the dog was trained. Wow. Um, but then you get on other movies with dogs or horses. I've done horse movies and you're like, these animals are smarter than I am, you know? Cool. Um, so it depends on the animal, depends on the kid. Uh, for example, you know, Michaela Russell, who I did two movies with, um, I would put her up against any adult actor. She came to, she, there was never one day she didn't know a line. She came to, to set. She's the most professional actor. She is a joy to be around every single day with her is delight. Um, you know, there's actors that are children like that. And then there's other, you know, kids that are really just, they're kids. Yeah. Like they're just kids and they're, they're, and it's hard because they're kids that are in an adult world that are expected to be like adults, which is unfair. Yeah. I would say, you know, because it's like they, they just want to play and they just want to have fun and do the, you know, and yeah. and maybe do a movie here and there or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, and they're just they're just kids. Yeah. I, I mean, having kids myself, I have a lot of like, you know, I, I, I it just doesn't matter to me. You know, I'm like, oh, if he wants to go and like run around and do whatever she wants to go and do this, it's totally fine. They're kids. And also being a kid that was in this business when I was really young. Um, you know, I just think that, I think it's just hard. It's hard to be a kid and do this business. And also like, are you, is the kid wanting to do it or is the parent pushing yeah, yeah. this agenda? And I think that is the biggest difference. If the parent's pushing the agenda, sometimes that's a harder situation as opposed to the kid pushing the agenda. Yeah. If that, if it that does, makes any yeah. sense. Let's rate the kids from best to worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kid would you yeah. never work with again? <laughs> it's time Probably for myself when I was. <laughs> do you do you want to show her the? So, I, can you can you put, yeah. so you just I'll try to, Let me yeah. see. All right, so here we go. So this is okay. All right, can you see that? Yeah. All right, I that, see it. That is when he's literally about to drive to the diner. Right. Now right. here's the scene in the diner. Oh my gosh. <laughs> His hair is totally different. There? There. Also, could you go back to that chin picture where his he's like pulled back like that? The yeah. chin, oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> look but at that, Andrew Walker. He somehow like shows up with a completely different hairstyle it's and like length. split down the center and it's brown. Yeah, it's dark. Yeah. Let me, let me just, I'll, 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 I'll ask him and just see what he says. I see he my, uh, he'll be able to answer it, right? I just don't like that. That is, I mean, of the like kind of gaffes in filming this and we get like I get like I said I get it I don't usually point stuff like that I really don't I know you think that I'd probably do I really don't point stuff like that out on these movies that often but I'm watching the movie and when you go from their scenes are next to each other it's not like there's time in between <laughs> he literally gets pulled over that is, that first thing is him pulling away from the officer and the next scene is him in the diner with you and it, I, it does look like he has totally different hair. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just didn't know also, if there was a story behind I feel, it. I feel like you would be a really good creative producer on set because creative producers on these movies, their job is to look for that stuff. Like, yeah. We're just going to cut know. that and print it. We're just going to send it out to everybody. Maybe I'll get a job. Hey, <laughs> hey Andrew. Andrew's on the phone right yeah. now. Andrew, we're on right now with Nikki's Nikki. This is Andrew. Andrew. And this is Nikki. Hey, um, we're, we're, um, we're talking about, <laughs> 
Yeah, we're talking about um, the perfect catch. And uh, at the beginning of the movie, your hair is very different um, than uh, when you get into town. What What's going on there? Oh, that's just a... Um, that's just a confidence thing. I, think I, just, uh, I lack confidence. When I'm, when I'm confident, my hair is, is it, it's, it's a little bit more upright, stands up a little bit more. When I lack confidence, my hair just falls like a wet dog. Andrew. So I think I just, I came, I came between my the tails, between my legs, come back into town, <laughs> not feeling too hot about myself. Yeah. Okay. All right, buddy. <laughs>
I just love him. Fantastic. And the occasional free juice hookup. Yeah, come on. Either. Free juice. Um, we have, totally. I'm yeah. still waiting for mine. Oh, wow. <laughs> so um, we have a couple of uh, uh, what the hallmarks from the movie, which is things like we still have right. like, questions yeah. about um, that don't yeah. make any sense. Um, one, uh, towards the beginning of the movie, um, you mentioned uh, graham cracker flashcards. Yeah, I got to know about those. Do what you, in the world? Does that ring any bell? And if so, what's a graham cracker flashcard? I'm trying to think. I'm wondering if I just ate the graham crackers. Hey, when you were just... Nikki, when you were in the toilet vomiting in the first trimester <laughs> of of your of your pregnancy with your second child, did you think, man, got to get my head on straight, Nick? In three years, some dude in a beard in South Carolina is going to be is going to be asking the hard hitting questions. Graham cracker flashcard. What is it? I'm, I'm trying to remember if they were like. Um, words or, or, you know, phonics or something that were actually like connected to graham crackers that I would use. Or if it was, if you like, you know, cause you're, you, you're a teacher, like if you can, uh, or a history teacher, right? Still? Yeah. I, I was for 15 years. Yes. Oh, you were, you were yeah. for 15 years. Talk about um, yeah. or if it was like, um, uh, if it was like, if you get this, then you get a graham cracker. I can't remember. Like, did I just bring it up? Yeah, you're just like, hey, did like, the great. Hey. You're like, how the math test? He, 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 did the graham cracker flashcards work? And he's like, I aced my math test. And we're like, good, okay, good. yeah, I, I, yeah, I would. Nobody explained them to me. Um, I, I would guess that it would. I mean, if it was me doing it with my kid, it would be like, if you get this, you get a graham cracker. Yeah, gotcha. And yeah. I want to know your yeah. your theory on so uh, the first, you know, uh, Andrew Walker's character Chase comes into town you guys meet and then you're you're at the baseball field um helping your kid and chase shows up and you know he realizes you know this is named after me he does the whole head down thing when you go to confront him about why he's there he he lies about why he's there he says you know something with the wire or something but he never explains why he's there <laughs> why why do you think he's there did did he either a know that you were going to be there and if so a little bit creepy is he going to try to lay low outside of a baseball stadium with his name on it yeah what like what 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 was he doing there right 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 so this is the these so just so you know i did not produce this this uh movie but these are things that i i like to call like in scripts where um they're like oopsies in terms of like you so i'm really big on giving an emotional reason for every moment to exist like for example why did he drive himself to sit outside the baseball field? I know that the writer was looking for a way for the two of us to just connect. And then it's a baseball movie. So why not on the baseball field? Um, and this is one of those moments where every actor, the actor has to give themselves an emotional reason for them to go. And I think what Chase was trying to do is reconnect to the part of him that just used to love to play the game. Mm. And mm. so, love you know that. how you go back to the places as you're a kid, when you're a kid. Um, so the problem is that they don't explain that in the script. But for for Andrew, his actual emotional reason for being there was to try and reconnect to something like try to have that feeling for when he get was that a passion kid. for the game back. Mm -hmm. Instead, just exactly. kind of looks like looks like a little creeper. But looks you know, it's fine. Exactly. Yeah, right. so, sometimes yes. that happens. You know. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Hey, can he you did. He, 
he did look creepy. Yeah. Can you tell me, uh, I want to know about Wesley's uh, Little League coach that retired <laughs> from coaching Little League. Um, <laughs> you know how those Little League coaches, they hang the cleats up. They put in their, <laughs> they put in their 30 and they get their pension. And, they, and they're like, all right, I've got my retirement. No more of these rugrats. Uh, what, who retires from coaching Little League? Like, Can you explain what happened there, please? And it also it sounds very abrupt because he retired yeah. and like gave no thought to what's – he's like, yeah. listen, I'm out of here. I don't care who replaces me. I cannot do this again. I'm done with For the kids. Sure. For sure. For <laughs> sure. In my mind, in my mind, I was like, maybe it's a grandfather who like just, you know, couldn't physically do it anymore. Or like maybe, um, you know, maybe it was a father who just had a newborn and you know how that is. But they they didn't, they didn't quit, Nikki, they didn't quit or resign. They retired. Right. So they, they. They put in most, their time. Pe- most <laughs> people retire <laughs> yeah, to right. coach Little League. Yeah, that's like, right. All right, I've retired. Now I'll coach. They didn't Little have League. a kid on the team that aged out. They did this, and then they said, "I'm retiring from this profession." <laughs> Our kids must have been real pieces of work <laughs> to make him go as far as to retire from something that you actually can't retire. That's right. From. That's right. That's right. That's uh, great. <laughs> I just need some clarification about Jessica's culinary cooking and her her love of, of her, food. Her culinary cooking. Yeah, her culinary cooking. Okay. Uh, does she specialize in corn dogs and empanadas? Are those like the two? Like, I just want to clarify because this, you know, <laughs> those, those I mean, corn dogs and empanadas. Those are the two cornerstones of American food right there. <laughs> tell you i was so i will never forget actually being in that food truck and and hold on being in that food truck and then like um so being in the food truck and then being like what are what are we serving and it's like empanadas and corn dogs and i was like i um (laughs) (laughs) i i um I, I mean, I looked at Steven and I think we were on day like 11 at oh. that point in time. And it was one of those moments where it's like, is this the battle that I want to fight right now? It's pouring down. It's literally like pouring down raining outside the food truck. We're going to have to ADR the whole scene anyway. Poor, all of our poor extras are like standing out in the rain, like as we're waiting for actually, they're like pouring down on top of them. And, and then they put the empanadas and the corn dogs in front of me to give to them. And I was like, I, oh, no, like, this it, was this was your Landry hiding a body moment is what you're saying. It was yeah. it was honestly like it took everything I had. I said, Steven, Steven, <laughs> Monroe, can I have the director, please? And Steven knew. Steven knew walking up. And I was like, What and he picks up the corn dog and he throws it on the plate and he just goes, Ugh. Action. <laughs> <laughs> And they're thinking, no one's going to call it on us. There's no way that years from now, some idiots are going to. He had asked for like, you know, I I forget about what specifically it asked for. He's really big into food. He actually is a vegan. His whole family is. He was really, he's really into food. And he had asked for something else. And then on the day, that's what we got. We had no other choice. And I was like, All the other fried foods are trademarked. (laughs) Can't use French fries or onion rings. And it's obviously, it's a corn dog 
that you get out of the bags or those boxes that you buy at the grocery store. It's also obvious that like, it's not like a gourmet corn dog that I like, (laughs) you know, did something really special with. I mean, it's, it's, it was, it was really. Empanada. But also they're two totally, exactly. Empanadas and corn dogs. It's a fusion, it's a fusion food truck. Why didn't we get some like dumplings and throw some like dumplings and empanadas That's right. and dogs That's right. and just get like a whole mixture of food? Tempur- <laughs> tempura <laughs> shrimp. You're going to throw Pad Thai made with coffee like, creamer. I mean, right, any yeah, of it, really. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Wow. Boy, guys, did we, did we do it? I think we I did, think it. We did, did it. it. Did we do it? Uh, we did, we did it. it. Let's, uh, we'll go to a, a, a quick rapid fire as, a, as opposed to the slow rapid fire. Uh, we each ask you three questions. You got to answer them as quickly as possible. Panda, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, favorite bottled water. <laughs> I don't drink bottled water. Wow, why not? I, I, I take my um, reusable container everywhere. Ooh, and, save the planet. Uh, I like it. Fill it up. And then on sets, I just make sure that um, we actually have refillable big water jugs and and we bring in as little bottled water as possible. So, uh, Nikki, if you ever visit us here in Greenville, South Carolina, with the, ne- the site of the next big Christmas con or whatever it is, Greenville, South Carolina has the best tap water in the country. Oh really? Yeah, Paris Mountain has a na- actually has a natural seven point four pH balance, just straight out of the stream. Oh, yeah. Whoa, yeah, that's really impressive. It's that's pretty great. Awesome. Yeah, we don't have to filter our water or anything. We just get it. It's the one the thing we have going. It for is. is the one thing we have going for us. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's true. and you guys. Well, yeah. Oh, I mean, come well, on. Thanks. The Brand yeah. Jam Podcast Studio. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Your favorite Friday Night Lights character that's not one of the Taylors. <laughs> Um, I would have to say, uh, I think maybe it might be Landry. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, your go-to junk food. Ooh, Doritos. Ooh. Yeah. Doritos are, Doritos usually hit the spot. Mm, Doritos. Maybe a corn yeah. dog. Empanada. Empanada. <laughs> Empanada. <laughs> Some pure shrimp on the side. Right. Jerk shrimp. I love it. Some loaded baked potatoes. That's right. <laughs> Just the whole TGI Friday's menu. Just like Plus empanadas. Plus empanadas. Have you ever been to TGI Friday's and thought, if only they had empanadas? <laughs> Have oh I got goodness. a food truck for you? Oh, man. I love it. Uh, best moment when you were a basketball player for you? Wow. Oh, um... When when we went to um, so I in my eighth grade year, I mean, we didn't go we didn't win the championship game, but we got into the finals. And that was a really that was a really good moment. I mean, we were from a small, small town and this basketball team, we had all been together like growing up. You know how like in a small town, like you start in kindergarten, you go all the way up. And this team, we had all been playing together for many, many years and we didn't win uh, state, but we got really close. Wow. And that was pretty cool. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. So, uh, quarantine is over. We have a vaccine for COVID. It? No, no, no. It's oh, not. Oh, oh. You this mean is the future. for, the, for okay. the question. I'm sorry, Nikki. I didn't mean to do that to you. She's like, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Grab my coat and an empanada. On the way. <laughs> I grabbed my coat and an empanada. <laughs> uh, so, so, uh, quarantine is over. 
Uh, they have a vaccine for COVID. You can go anywhere and do anything. You can hug people. It's all fine and good. Where is the place that you are going first? I'm going to see my family in Georgia. Mm, that's right. That's so sweet. I love it. Wow. Uh, the second, the second I can, I'm on that plane to see my family in Georgia. Wow. Love it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you, uh, what's like one thing that you're like really nerdy about? Like you love finding out little details about this thing and it's, and it can't be like a, a film related or, or anything like that. It has to be something else. It's not film related. It's never film related never. to be honest. Um, no, <laughs> uh, um, uh, medicine, medical stuff. Um, I'm, I nerd out. So, so like I'm on the board of children's hospital of Los Angeles and that's the hospital that saved Bennett's life, not once, but three times. And I'm obsessed with them. It's just the best hospital in the entire world. And, uh, they now have learned that zebrafish, um, zebrafish has zebrafish has 80% of the anatomy that human beings have. And so they're now learning to do, um, not just like specialize in very rare cancers. They are learning things about how to treat heart patients, um, blood disorders, um, through the use of zebrafish. So, um, we were able to raise enough money to get a a, a giant zebrafish tank and facility at CHLA. So we can study, um, study, not just way new ways in which we can help save children's lives, but new medicines that can be developed by studying zebrafish. That's crazy. So like that stuff, that stuff, just like I get so um, I'm a big nerd as it is. I have been my whole life. Like when I was little, I was, you know, Georgia reader of the year, whenever I was like, wow. you know, 11 years old. And I was always in enrichment, their enrichment programs. And, um, I just, I've been a nerd since I was really, really young. And, but medicine, man, that just like, oh, you can, I can nerd out over that stuff all day long. Mm. What's on your uh, playlist right now? That's oh, a good my question. Playlist. It's a terrible question. That's a really, that's a really, really good question. Uh, Brockhampton, <laughs> a lot of Brockhampton, um, a lot of Sturgill Simpson, mm. um, a lot of. I still go back to Casey Musgraves' "Golden Hour." That mm. that album mm. was it's so good. Uh, doing a lot of that. I also like a lot of like older country, um, you know. Um, Hank Williams and like I, I I like I like a lot of Loretta Lynn like a lot a lot of that as yeah. well. Nice, yeah, That's a great answer. Um, yeah. What's your favorite movie of all time? Oh my gosh, favorite movie of all time. Um, I really don't know. Actually, I I don't. I I mean, like I uh, I know. As far as like for me, I grew up on Star Wars. I was a huge fan of all the original Star Wars movies, so I love that. I love like all the. So what's like, the what's the best Star Wars movie of all time in your opinion? The first one. Wow, New Hope. New Hope. Okay, yeah. wow. First one. Man. I have a poster of it in my house. Oh, wow. I, I, when you walk into my house, yeah, I have a poster of like Dolly Parton. I've got a new hope, like just things that it's supposed to be the inspiration part of your house and like people that you've looked up to and like RBG is on it, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, but, but, 
sorry, that was my grandmother calling as she normally does every time that I do a podcast or, <laughs> yeah. or a phone call or Zoom. Um, but uh, to have a favorite movie, I just don't have one. There's so many good movies. Shawshank Redemption's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what's your favorite movie? Actually, I, Shawshank Redemption would be up there for me. Like from a standpoint yeah. of like why you go to the movies. Like the last 30 minutes of Shawshank <laughs> is just like a symphony. It's so wonderful. It's a perfect, it's just such a perfect movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it gives M- you all yeah. the feels. M. Night Shyamalan signs Ugh. all day long. And if you know wow. M. Night, let him know yeah. I want to talk. It, that is really Brand's favorite movie. He said it I for years it. and years. I don't understand it, but he has said it for years and years. I love it. Yeah. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, You're a Star Wars guy. I, I'm Star Wars New yeah. Hope, yeah. You like New yeah. Hope the most. Uh, well, I, I've told you this before. I think Empire's their best one, Empire's but the, the, the best. trench run at the end with the Death Star is oh, the best scene in Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's Amazing. the best one. So good. Yeah. And I also use Star Wars with my kids, to be honest. Like, you can trace everything back to Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I use, like, a lot of things, like, even what's going on right now in society. Like, I, you know, how do you explain this to kids? And I and I go back to Star Wars, and, and, and I use Star Wars to sometimes help, you know, talk about about like really big things or important things to my kid and put it in a language that they can also understand, like talking about the rebel Alliance and mm-hmm. the force and like the force is like God. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so I just think, I, I don't know, it changed my life to see princess Leia. I was not a princess type girl and I'm like pink and I didn't want to wear dresses. And I was into basketball and I was a tomboy and for there to be a princess who fought, you know, and who was a leader. And I, I, it was just such a revolutionary idea for this small town girl in the South who was taught every single day that it was better to be seen and not heard. And, mm. and girls wore pink and the, you know, non gym shorts and all of this stuff. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, look at you, you mm. know, look at this woman. Um, that's the kind of princess I want to be. Awesome. I love it. I love, love it. that. Um, I usually get uh, silly here at the last question, but I haven't a question Great. that's not silly. And so I want to ask it just cause I'm, interested if you're uh, if one of your kids wanted to get into acting would you let them and if so what age would you let them begin to do that well that's a good question i mean i think that if the kid was like i was you know the parent doesn't have a choice i mean i was driving that train my parents never wanted me to be in this business um, ever. They still don't, to be honest. <laughs> my mother would love it if I would pack my bags, move back to the farm, be a teacher, um, you know, do something, you know, normal. And, uh, <laughs> she, she would love it. Um, so it was me driving that train the whole way. I knew what I wanted to do at three years old. I just knew. And if it's that kid, that's like, Hey, I'm going to leave home and I'm going to go do this thing unless you support me. Then you get behind it and you figure out a really healthy way in which to help that kid, your kid, move forward in an industry that can be really tough. Um, I would say my biggest thing would be that they would have to put still put school first. You know, I got my college degree, even though I've been an actor since I was a kid. And it's one of the things in my life that I am most proud of mm. because I I sometimes had to do it two courses at a time. Like I would be on set 15 hours, but I would be in my trailer on my breaks, reading, um, you know, writing essays. And it, and it gave me um, 
something else to think about that was not just the entertainment business. I think that a lot of us in this business can become some, such tunnel vision that we forget that that life is happening outside of this mm. thing. Really important life. Actually, the stuff that like really, really, really deeply matters. Um, and uh, it always kept me, you know, this is my job, but all of the stuff that I'm learning, it, you know, this is really important stuff that's going to help me be a good human being in society. And this is the stuff that I need to teach my kid. And, um, and so like, for me, it will be, it would be like making sure that he understood that like, this is just something you do as a hobby. Going to school is your job. Hmm. Okay. So that would be a really important way to kind of like compartmentalize it for my child. That's good. That's good. Wow, Nikki. Nikki. Um, Not not many people get invited back to the (laughs) Oklahoma podcast. So congratulations. But nobody, (laughs) I think, back to back has gone over an hour. And so we've done it twice. That is not like that is meant as the fullest compliment ever because it makes it makes our lives easy. And it's such a joy to hear you talk about things you clearly uh, love doing. And thanks for taking time for us. We really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh, you guys, it's such an honor to be able to like be friends and be in your lives and just to have this joy you know, to be, I was, I was so looking forward to doing this this morning with you guys. It's going to be one of the best parts of my week. And, um, I just, I love y'all. I think you're wonderful. And I would love every time. I mean, it's only been twice, but like, I'm hoping there's a third at some point. No, Uh, I think we're done. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I think this is good. I think I had enough. Um, this will be the last one. So you guys, since this is our last one, Um, I would like to, no, I'm just thank you so much. Thank you so much for having Nikki, me. Maybe we'll start a podcast together. That's right. Day. I love maybe. it. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, we love you. And may we be the first to wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas guys. Deck the Hallmark is a Bramble Jam podcast. It's presented by Friendly TV and recorded live in Greenville, South Carolina at the Bramble Jam Podcast Network Studios. It's produced by Brandon Gray. You can find out more information at deckthehallmark.com.